1, and we're looking at verses 13 uh, through 16. The words are, uh, the, the verses up on the screen here. It says in verse 13, it says, no, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. Verse 14 and 15. It says, But each person is tempted when he is lured away and enticed by his own desire. Then the desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Verse 16 says, Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Now, in the book of James here, we find this, this pastor. James is a pastor, and he's very much talking to a congregation just like I am this morning. But the difference between James and I, well, occasionally, is that all throughout the book of James, he is very direct and he's very blunt about what he has to say. He doesn't mince words. How many have someone in your family like that, right? Don't mince words. You get together for a holiday party and you think, oh, I hope Uncle So-and-so is not going to be there because we're going to hear about everything going on in the world and over here in this country, in this country. He's going to tell it like it is, right? And so, how many of you have been in the car with friends or someone? You say, hey, my, my buddy's coming over. Uncle So-and-so's coming over. Don't, don't pay him any mind, okay? We just, we just love him. We, we bring him in. And, and he, this is kind of how James is, very blunt. Very direct, very to the point. And he's talking to these Christians who are growing in their faith. They are young Christians. They're not people who have been in church for 25 years and their grandmom's grandmom, grandmom went to church. These are brand new Christians who honestly really don't know much about anything. All they know is that Jesus has saved them, that Jesus loves them, and they want to try to live their best for the Lord Jesus Christ. And so they're trying their best. The problem is is that because of persecution, they've been scattered everywhere. So now James is doing this long-distance pastoral relationship with them to try to help them not only stay strong in the faith, but also to understand the faith. It's trying to, it's trying to share with them, number one, what the faith is, what it says, and then how to apply it to the life. So James is a very, very practical book for us as Christians on how we need to live our Christian life. And he comes to this point here in chapter 1 of temptation. Temptation that we face. Now, you have to understand this. In these verses and the verse before, verse 12, he talks about two words, temptation and trial. Now, we would look at that and go, oh, they're probably pretty similar, but here's the thing. If you study it out in the Greek, which the, Old or the New Testament was written in Greek, that's the original language, it's actually the same word. Temptation and trial is the same Greek word. It's the same word with a different meaning. So it's like if I said the word cool, right? Like, it's cool in here. I could be talking about, you know, the band. Oh, the band was really cool, right? They did a great job. Or I could say, oh, it's a little cold in here. Same word, different meaning. And as Christians, if we are going to grow in faith as God wants us to grow, we have to understand the difference between temptation and trials. Let me tell you the difference real quick. Number one, trials are something that grow you closer to God. Temptation pulls you away from God. Trials are from the Lord. There are things in your life that you're going to deal with, difficult situations. I'm talking about hard times in your life. Maybe you're going through something right now, and you say, there's no way that God would want me to go through this difficult time. There's no way that God would uh, love me or, 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 or uh, teach His children this lesson. Can I tell you that if you're going through a trial, God may have sent that trial to you to grow you closer to Him. And so we deal with that trial. 
Because God loves His children. God, God wants to help His children grow close. So if you're going through a trial in your life, a difficulty, something that you are going through, it may very well be that God has brought that into your life to grow you, to help you, to strengthen you, to strengthen your faith. The difference between a trial and temptation is that a temptation is something that is in our life or comes into our life that shouldn't be there, that pulls us away from God. And the Bible is very clear in the book of James in verse 13. We'll put it up on the screen again here. It says in verse number 13, it says, Let no, no, no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. So now you understand, if God doesn't tempt people, but he does bring them through trials. He does bring them through difficulties. If you think, I, I said, if you're, if you're wondering, what's the Christian life all about? Is it easy? Is it good? Does everything go well? Like once I become a Christian, do I have no problems? No. All right? I wish I could say that. But what you do have is a God to help you through those problems. Come on, somebody with me this morning. What you do have is hope in the time of trial. You may not have an easy life after you become a Christian, but thank God he will never leave us nor forsake us. Thank God that he is with us in the storm. I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm louder and louder. You're going to hear my praises roar. Listen, some people out there this morning, they go through difficulty without God and they don't know what to do. They don't know where to turn. They don't know what to expect. But thank God this morning that because we're Christians, even though we go through trials in our life, our God is with us, He is for us, He is not against us, and He will sustain us and help us make us through this trial. How many believe that this morning? Come on, now we celebrate that this morning. How many have been through a trial that God has brought you through? Come on now, absolutely, right? I've been through a trial, but we're talking about something different here. We're not talking about trials. We're talking about temptations. We're talking about things that God does not cause. Truthfully, we cause it temptations. And James takes the time to explain the power of these temptations, how they can overwhelm our life. We see, first of all, I want you to see the perspectives of temptation. The perspectives of temptation. It says in verse number 13, it says, let, it says put it up on the screen there, if you would, let, no, no, let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. So I want you to notice perspective num number one is this, is that everybody is tempted. It says, let no one say when he is tempted. That, that means it's going to happen. That means it's inevitable in your life that as you go through your life and live your life, no matter how strong of a Christian you are, you will be tempted by something. Let no one say when he is tempted. It's going to happen. It's inevitable. And so many times in our lives, we are not aware of that. We wake up in our day and we go about our day thinking we're fine, we're strong, we're good, and we never have any thought to the fact that we have an enemy this morning. We have someone who is against us. We have someone who doesn't want us to succeed, doesn't want us to be happy, doesn't want us to have joy. And what he's going to do, he's going to bring things into our life that will tempt us. He's going to allow things and situations in our life to try to pull us down, to try to get us away from God. The worst thing that, 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 that can happen to you is that you, is that you allow temptation to overtake you because that's where the devil and the enemy comes in and says, I've got them. I, they can't be effective. Man, they're discouraged. Hey, I got them thinking about this situation. And so many times we walk in our life, we don't realize that even today when we're done church and we're all happy and clappy and celebrating, everything is great, and it's awesome. And we're like, man, I can hear again now that I'm outside, right? Man, when, when that moment happens, guess what's going to happen? Temptation is going to come. It happens. And when it comes, we have to have the perspective that we are not the exception to the rule. 
It doesn't matter if you have the title of pastor. There's no exception to the rule of temptation. It comes after everybody in all different forms, in all different ways. It's sneaky. Be sober. Be vigilant. For your adversary, the devil, walketh about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And listen, he's got a target on your back. He's, he's got his sights set on you. Because if he can take down your character, if he can take down your family, if he can take down your marriage, if he can take down the relationship with your kids, then he's scored a victory for himself. Now you become ineffective. Don't think that you can just walk around just living how you want to live. Don't think you can walk around and nobody is against you. I know that God is for us this morning, but there is someone who is greatly against us. And we have to understand that when we are tempted, it will happen. That's a perspective. We see it says, it says let no man say when he is tempted, it's going to happen. I am being tempted by God. Now, it's, it's interesting that James would say this. Why would he say this? Why would he take the time to say, I want you to know that it's not God's fault when you're tempted, right? Why would he, why would he make sure? It's almost, like, it's almost like, well, we should know that, right? We should, we should understand that. But so many times our perspective is that, oh, this is happening in my life because God is against me. Oh, this, I made this decision because God isn't blessing me. Oh, I'm in this situation because God wanted me to fail. Can I remind you this morning the reason why God doesn't tempt you? I got to be careful with this microphone because I can get going preaching, but I know it's loud in there, all right? I'm pulling it down. I'm pulling, you see me trying. I'm trying hard this morning. But I'm telling you this morning, listen, the reason why we need to have the perspective that says, when I'm tempted, I know it's going to come. But when I'm tempted, I know it's not from God. You know why? Because God is not against me. God is not, is not trying to put me down. Listen, God will never, God will never position you to fail. Never. He's a loving father. He's a good father. I got two boys. Love him. I love him. Love my boys. And all I want to do as a father is protect them. Watch over them. Keep them safe. Keep them from harm. I would never, as a good father, put my children in a situation that would hurt them. Never put them in a situation that would compromise their faith. Never put them in a situation that would cause them to, to, to sin or cause them to give in. And listen, your God is the same way. The reason why God doesn't tempt you is because He is for you. He's not trying to make you fail. He's not trying to make you mess up this morning. He's not trying to get you doing something wrong around the corner. Listen, God is for you. He loves you. He is with you. He wants blessings upon your life. Don't ever say when you're tempted, oh, there it is. There's God trying to slow me down. There's God trying to hold me back. There's God. He doesn't love me. He's not for me. My friend, you couldn't be more wrong. My God is for you. He loves you. He will never position you to fail. Let no man say when I'm tempted, I'm tempted of God. Why? Because God's for us. He's with us. Listen, let me say this right now. We all struggle with temptation. We all struggle with it. I didn't say, let me say, I didn't say we were all tempted. We got that. I, was, I said we all struggle with it. There's nobody, there's nobody batting a thousand, <laughs> right? There's nobody in this room that every time temptation comes in their life, oh, they're like, oh, I'm good. I, I, I overcome it every single time, right? And so we struggle with temptation. But God is for us, and he is with us. The perspective is this. Let no man say when he is tempted, when it comes, when I struggle, that it's God being against me. God's not against me. He is for me. Verse number 13 on the screen here. It says this, it says, let me, let me say when I'm tempted, I'm tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil. As in God will never succumb to evil. God is holy. God is righteous. God is just. And he himself tempts no one. 
You see, it, right there in that verse, it just reminds us how much God loves us, how much God is for us. We see the perspective of temptation. We see that we have to view it in a way that says, God is for me, and that I need to be aware, and I need to be cautious of what, what the enemy wants in my life. But I want you to see also the pattern of temptation. In the next verse, it says this, verse 14 and 15, the pattern. It says, but each person is tempted when he is what? Lord and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. We see the pattern of temptation. We understand God doesn't tempt us. We will be tempted. And so when we give in to temptation, what happens? He gives us a pattern here. He wants us to understand the negative side of temptation. He says, he says in verse 14, he says, but each person is tempted when he is what? Lord and enticed. Got any fishermen in here? Any people that like to fish? All right, okay. My hand is up, but that doesn't mean I like to fish. All right, I'm not a fisherman. All right. But I have been fishing a couple of times, all right, okay? And I have actually caught some. I remember one time I was a, I was a little boy. I was living in, in Pennsylvania, born and raised in, uh, in up right outside of Philadelphia, West Philadelphia, born and raised. Just making sure you're awake, making sure you're awake on the playground. I'm just joking. All right, we'll stop. We'll stop right there. All, all these kids, like 15-year-olds and younger, what, what's he talking about, right? You'll know one day and your life will be changed forever in a good way, all right? But... I remember I went fishing this one time. We were in like this little creek, and I didn't know anything. I didn't know what I was doing. I had no idea what I was doing, but I wanted to go fishing. I, every now and then I get like this like, this like kind of desire to be an outdoorsman, and then it goes away after about three hours, and then I'm right back inside. I'm a, I'm a solid indoorsman right here. I mean, I, I claim that title, a solid indoorsman. But I remember I went, I went fishing, and uh, I had a fishing pole, and we went down with my buddy, and we didn't have any bait. This shows you where I'm at on the level of fishing. We didn't have any bait. And so, uh, being from, you know, kind of Philly area, I went down to the corner store and I got some, I got a soft pretzel and I got some gum. And um, I thought, hey, hey, I like soft pretzels. Everyone in my neighborhood likes soft pretzels. Maybe the Philly fish will like soft pretzels too. Right? I mean, if you're a fish from Philly, you got to like soft pretzels, right? And so I remember, I said, you know what, hey. We'll give it a try, and we'll see what happens. And I remember putting on that gum. I chewed up the gum, and I put it on the hook. Somebody, so I'm losing my man card right now with a lot of men in this room. But I, I put the gum on, and then I put the little piece of, put piece of soft pretzel on, made sure there was a nice, you know, couple nice uh, pieces of salt on there so it attracted it. And I threw that in there, you know? And I started doing my thing, acting like I was a fisherman, you know? And I reeled it in, reeled it in, reeled it in. And then again, I just kept, you know, trying to, I was moving it around, trying to wiggle it, you know, trying to, trying to make the soft pretzel look like a fish, you know what I mean? And like, it moving around, and about, probably about 25 minutes in, give or take, whatever, all of a sudden, I got a bite, and I, man, I pulled it on, I thought, man, what dumb fish went for the soft pretzel and the chewing gum, but sure, I started reeling that in, reeling that in, reeling that in, I pulled it up, man, I caught me a fish somewhere in this vicinity, right about here, right about here, and uh, I remember that day. I remember, you know, you know why I remember it? Because it's not because I caught a fish. I mean, we, we all do that. But it was the bait that I used to lure them in. I thought to myself, how silly. Why would this fish be so desperate? Why would this fish not be so wise to allow some pretzel and some chewing gum to lure them in? You know, sometimes I think God looks down in our lives and He thinks to Himself, 
Why would my children be so desperate that they would go after something that is so shallow? It doesn't mean anything. Why would you allow that to lure you in? You see, what happens is this. In our lives, the devil and the enemy, he cast out. And he thinks, I'm going to get him with this one. And it's not something big. It's something small. And we swim around because we're not satisfied with what God has done in our lives. And we look for satisfaction. We're not satisfied with the marriage that God has given to us. We're not satisfied with, with the job that he's provided for us. We're not satisfied with, with the position that he has for us. And so you know what we do? We go seeking our own desires. And the devil is waiting for us. And he's got that lure in the water. And he's moving it. But every man is tempted when what? When he is lured away. Let me tell you something right now. The devil is a, pa- is a patient person. And he'll sit at that dock all day long. Wait and wait. Until he gets another one. He gets another one. And he gets another one. He says, but every man is tempted when he is lured and enticed by... Now this is interesting. It doesn't say by his sin. It says by his desire. And then it says in the next part of the verse, then when the desire, when it is, has conceived, gives birth to sin. Wait a minute. If I'm tempted, what am I tempted by? James is teaching here that so many times it's not the sin that tempts us. It's the desire for something more that leads us to sin. You see, in and of yourself, your desire is not wrong. There's there's nothing wrong with having the desire to be successful. There's nothing wrong with having the desire to be satisfied. There's nothing wrong with having the desire to not be lonely. There's nothing wrong with having the desire to to not feel the way you feel. There's nothing wrong with that desire. But, But James is teaching these Christians, listen... When you have desires in your life, you've got to make a decision on how you're going to fulfill those desires because there is a right way and a wrong way. And though you may think that you are fulfilling your desires in the right way, time will tell. Because it says, when the desire has what? Conceived. Conceived. It uses the term of birth. It takes a long time after conception. That baby starts to grow. And listen, I'm going to say this this morning. As a loving pastor, as a loving pastor, this morning, as, I, as a, we love you and we are for you, but I'll tell you, some of you in this room this morning, and, and, and we have to be careful, all of us do, but some of us in this room this morning have to be, realize that there are some things about to give birth in our life that we, that we don't want. There are some things that are incubating right now. Some desires that when they come, they're going to destroy your family. When they come, they're going to destroy your kids. Can I speak on? Can I speak the truth this morning? When they come, listen, I'm not, I'm not against you. I'm for you. Listen, I'm telling you, because we all deal with temptation. And sometimes we have a desire, and we think, I'm going to fulfill it this way. I'm going to satisfy it this way. I'm going to take care of myself. It's my desire. I'm going to do it the way that I want to do it. And what you don't realize is, though, you think that life is going fine, and there's no problems. There's something growing. And as that grows, eventually, it'll give birth, it says, to sin. And then sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. You say, Pastor Steve, you tell me if I, if I give in a temptation that God's going to kill me? No. I'm not saying he's going to physically kill you, but something in your life will die. Your marriage may die. 
Your relationship with your kids may die. Your reputation may die. See, God's called you as a Christian to follow the Lord and to honor Him and to say, God, I don't want to fulfill my own desires. I want to fulfill the desires that you have for my life. I want you to take those desires, those good desires, those desires to have someone in my life, those desires to be successful, those desires to to be able to move forward and be prosperous. I want you to take those desires and God, show me through your word how I can fulfill those desires your way. It says, when lust has conceived, it brings forth sin, and sin when it's finished, bringeth forth death. And here's the last part, the power of temptation. Verse number 16 It simply says this. It says, do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Why would he say that at the end? Why would he say that? Because sometimes in our life, we can be giving into temptation and we don't even realize it. We don't even realize it. That we live our lives in a way to fulfill our desires. What we want. And we think we're noble in the pursuit well, this is what I want. This is how I want to live. This is what I want to do. And he says, don't deceive yourself. Don't think that just because you live a life satisfying yourself, that it will be a satisfying life. Because God has a life. John 10, 10, it says, or excuse me, Jeremiah 29, and verse number 11. I love this verse. It says, for I know, I think it's on the screen here, Jeremiah 29, 11. I think I, I jumped ahead a little bit there. Thank you, thank you, Jonathan. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil. To give you, come on somebody, a future and a hope. Listen, I'll tell you something right now. I've seen a lot of people, including myself, give in to temptation and struggle. I've seen the results of temptation as a pastor, as a position. I've seen the results of people giving in to temptation and what it does. And you know what I want? I want to say as a Christian, here's my heart. Here's my heart. My heart is this, to say, God, I know I'm going to be tempted. I know there's going to be times where I can give in. And I know you're never going to position me to fail. And so, God, as a Christian, I'm going to trust your plan to give me a future and a hope. This morning, can I say to you, God is for you. He loves you. And he has a future. And he has hope for you. No matter where you are. And so maybe this, this morning you're just saying, this, God, I'm not going to try to satisfy myself. I'm going to find true satisfaction in what you've promised me. And how you've positioned me. Can we pray together? Lord, we love you. God, thank